1: Thank you for downloading another edition of Celtics Beat. Today's episode is being brought to you by our sponsors, the home of online video tutorials, lynda.com, and Casper. Casper's mattresses are premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. And to get $50 off any mattress purchase at casper.com, visit casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code CELTICS. Today is Sunday, August sixteenth, two 2015, and I am Larry H. Russell, and this is Celtics Speed on CLNS Radio, which today is being brought to you by Casper Mattresses and a brand new sponsor, TickIQ. Tired of spending a fortune on tickets and feeling like you got ripped off? Well, they got you covered over at TickIQ.com. TickIQ for all your ticketing needs. T-I-Q-I-Q is a leading ticket aggregator providing fans a one-stop shop to browse the best deals from all ticket sites so you don't have to worry about finding the best seats for the game or concert. Get your tickets for all the locals at all season long. TickIQ.com where you will find the best prices in the market. Use promo code CLNS for 5% off IQ certified or TN tickets. Listings at TickIQ.com. That's tickiqtiqiq.com. A perfect lead-in today. What we will be discussing. The NBA schedule finally bestowed upon us this past Wednesday. That will, of course, dominate what we discuss here on the show. Began to talk a little about it last week with Sekou Smith over at Turner Sports and NBA TV. If you missed that show or any of the others, available, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher, and CLNSRadio.com. And this week... We will welcome back Kyle Draper, Celtics pre- and post-game host, an all-around versatile personality from Comcast Sportsnet New England. He'll be returning for another go-around with us here on Celtics Beyond CLNS Radio. A lot to get to with the schedule. I feel like I was waiting for a lifetime for it. I'm one of those who plans my life well ahead of time. I try to know what I'm doing 10 Sundays from now or whatnot. Maybe to watching football, I guess. But not Maybe not this year. Uh, but anyways... Of course, this truly is the doldrums of not just basketball talk, but pretty much sports in general. Uh, I mean, anywhere. I mean, the NFL, utterly, I refuse to pay attention to that drummed-up soap opera they got going on. So until there's actual games, even preseason, I really could care less whatever happens off the field. There's no hockey. Summer, summer usually actually stinks for sports. Spring's great. The fall is great. October is a great sports month. But August, uh, it sucks. I mean, I think baseball is pretty much the only thing going. And whatever direction it is, be it up, down, wrong, right, we know the Boston baseball franchise is in a state of disarray, which I have to admit, if you're in the media, if you can't get good or great competing for championships year in and year out, I mean, you want it on to make it a disaster. You really do. And the Boston Red Sox, they are just that. This is a basketball show. The people who tune in to listen to us, we know, are NBA fans. The Red Sox, they are the New York Knicks of the NBA. And I have to admit, I had a tough time talking about the Celtics at times at points last year, the beginning of this past season, because it was kind of the same old drum every week oh yeah, you know, tough break, they almost won, but the future is bright, they got all these draft picks, and it was really that, the future, the future, the future, the future, which we know is great for the Celtics, but there's plenty of interest and intrigue and reason to watch and to listen to, of course, right now and obviously this coming season. But at one point this time last summer, this past November, this past December, it was pretty much all about the future and Uh, That came a little tiring, I'm not going to admit, so I'm happy we're at the phase that we are now, and we hope that it's nowhere to go but up, but the Red Sox, uh, we know that's an organization which is cluttered with incompetent chimpanzees from the top on down, and if you're in the media, or heck, even if you're a diehard fan, I think that's what we want, really is. If you can't get your title contender, just give me the friggin' Knicks, give me the Red Sox, I mean really. Something to vent, complain, take your anger out upon, and hey, CLNS Radio runs the Beat Series. Obviously, this is a Celtics Beat, but if you're a baseball guy, a Sox fan, Red Sox Beat, same deal, CLNSRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Just air it out. Air it the hell out. Can't go to the games anymore because you're priced out of that garbage can. They call Fenway Park, well, take your frustrations out on air. You have my permission. You should have anyone's. I mean, the money that organization wastes puts the U.S. Department of Defense to shame. Paying stiffs like Porcello and that fat tub of goo over there at first base, third base, $80 million, $90 million. I mean, I wouldn't pay those guys 50 bucks from all my lawn. Uh, but those clowns, those bums over there at Yockey, they give them their own number. So at least the Red Sox, they are giving me plenty to laugh about. This time of year, uh, them and Donald Trump. The August doldrums are being taken care of. They're all set. See on us radio, and I guess uh, Fox News has you covered. But the schedule, something to think about, something to dissect, not to laugh at, so we can actually put our brains to work here. First off, personally, uh, come on, really? One one o'clock tip all year. I know it's not 1982 anymore. And you got to get your prime times. So so Sundays at 1, which was reserved for sports not too long ago, take a bit of a backseat. But I can remember the first year after Garnett when the Celtics fielded that fringe NBDL team. Even that team had good 4 or 5, 1 p.m. tips before the new year. And even I feel like a little bit after. The Celtics were always good for seven or eight of those a year, it seemed. And it was something where you could plan a whole day around. Literally spend the entire day in the great city of Boston. Yes, great city of Boston. There's plenty to do. And when a Celtics game can be bookend, you know, a great Sunday for me. Hate going all cliche of, oh, nothing is better. But there. I think there's a few things I enjoy more in life than spending a Sunday in Boston with the Celtics playing. But we get one one o'clock start. So for me, that's the real bummer. But the big takeaway, seven national televised games. I feel like that's a lot, at least from my end. I won't argue with it. We all like the Celtics getting national coverage. Of course, we do that here every week on Us Radio worldwide, baby. Hello, Philippines, Celtics Nation Italia. Thanks for listening. We love you. But I was surprised to see the Celtics get seven on the national TV schedule. Yes, they are a good team. Emphasis on good. It will still be somewhat of a surprise to see them finish over 500, let alone challenge for 50 wins, which is generally the threshold for a win total when people tend to truly pay attention to you in this league. 30 to 40 wins is, let's face it, hate to be black and white, but 30, 40, 45 wins is also ran territory. And that's where the Boston Celtics fall right now. Now, they do play a good, entertaining brand of basketball. Yes, this is not 2003. This is not Jim O'Brien and Antoine Walker, in the words of Bob Ryan, the bombs away squad and grinded out, you know, teams on defense. This isn't that, thank God. Uh, But, I mean, the Celtics are more than watchable for the casual fan. I can tell by the kind of reaction I get with opposing fans around the NBA and national media members whom I speak to as well. But it's still a team that lacks a real mainstay, an individual who someone could attach themselves to, uh, someone to really tune in to watch. So there's still a team not competing for a championship, just a playoff spot. In the Eastern Conference, no less. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see the Celtics get pegged for seven national televised games. So I'm actually going to turn right back on everybody and ask the audience. Reach question of the day presented by Casper. Casper's mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress using two technologies, latex and memory foam, which come together for better nights and brighter days. It's a comfortable mattress that has just the right sink and bounce. A Casper mattress provides long-lasting comfort and support, and you can buy it easily online and completely risk-free Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a one hundred day period, so you don't have to lie down in a showroom. Get a Casper mattress for five hundred dollars for a twin and nine fifty for a king size mattress, and you can save an additional fifty dollars as one of our audience members by going to Casper slash Celtics and entering the promo code Celtics. So, Celtics beat audience. What do you think of the Celtics for making seven national televised appearances? Just on head on over again to R E A C H T A P P dot com slash or grab the link and feel free to contribute to the discussion over on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Now, on to the more technical points of the schedule, how it affects more accurately, how I think it will affect the team. First off, I'll bring this up with Kyle, but I mean, in the words of the fine folks over at Deadspin, the hell, a near two-week West Coast road trip at the end of March stretching into April with less than two weeks to go before hopefully the postseason. Uh, That doesn't do anything for me, and I highly doubt that it does anything for the team besides maybe screw them up. uh, Definitely screw them up. I wonder why that is anyway. Celtics almost always bang out a Westie either right after Christmas or the New Year and then finish things up out West uh, with another right after the break. They maybe have a Texas trip sometime in March, but that's it. Never heard of them going on the West Coast in freaking April, for goodness sake. I don't think it's beneficial at all unless the team is awful and is playing for draft position by the end of the season. And we all know we don't want that, do we? We want them competing, baby. So, yeah, that's no good. And, of course, the first half of the year, um, wow, a lot of games. November is absolutely stacked. November and January have traditionally been full for the Celts. Wasn't really the case last year. November, if I recall, was light. They had a lot of off days in there, and they uh, lost a few games, uh, as we all know. But I wonder how that is going to play out this year, where there's a lot of new faces to work in again. A lot of roles to figure out. I'd say pretty much the entire team outside of the sixth man, right? No one knows who will start anywhere. I mean, the backcourt is probably set, I guess. But even that could change, potentially. But it'll likely be Smart and Bradley. And then Isaiah Thomas first off the bench. But a lot of games. Not a lot of practice time early. How will that affect a team where there are no real roles? How will that affect a team that, once again, like last year, is going to need time to gel? That's cause for concern, at least for me. I do think... That isn't exactly ideal. Much away the West Coast roadie in April, for goodness sake, isn't ideal. But to come off the bat and get, geez, what is it? 20% of their schedule completed before the November. Nearly 70% of the schedule completed before the All-Star break. Yeah, it could help get some wins in the uh, pot. But if that's indeed what happens. But I don't know. I think that could be a problem with a new team where we have no idea what at least, and I mean at least three-fifths of the starting lineup will be. And let's say the team loses a few early. We all know it's not going to be that first game against Philadelphia, but they get some meat pretty much right away. San Antonio comes here for a matinee on the first Sunday of November, if I am correct. Lose a game like that, drop a few on the road after that. There's really no time to regroup. It's game after game after game. Virtually every other night with some back-to-backs. No practice time, which means no time for team meetings, few time for team bonding, chemistry building. Although we saw last year that generally occurs on the road. And hello, no extended getaway until after the all-star break. And I definitely think that's something to watch for. And my real takeaway from the release of the schedule is this hefty start for, once again, primarily a new team. And, of course, every year there's always been new teams with Danny Ainge. Even during the Big Three era, you look at starting really around 2010 with him. uh, There was substantial roster turnover every year since then, starting with that year. They brought in Marquise Daniels and Rashid Wallace. Even though the team was a contender, he was never afraid to turn over the cast, like the whole cast. Every year there were new faces, and of course, since the departure of the mainstays of that team, even the top of the roster has seen that type of turnover, of course, because those types of players aren't there yet. With maybe actually this year being the first year where it seems as if They are, or at least that's the perception there is, that they've invested in some people, like a Crowder, like a Thomas, who have sort of, I mean, not roles. I don't want to use the term roles because it really isn't set, but maybe niches on the team. First year since the breakup, at least, we've seen that. But still, plenty of roster turnover again. Plenty of competition. There's that word again. So you will, for playing time along the front line with Zeller, with Lee, with Sellinger, Olenek, Johnson. And you need more than just a training camp. I guess you get the games to experiment for Brad Stevens, and I kind of hate using that word as well when it comes to coaching, experimenting. Remember, that was the famous verb ML Carr used to attach to the 1997 Boston Sellers campaign. That team was experimenting, but Stevens is likely going to have to experiment in game action here early on of what lineups work, get enough of a sample size, as well as though the team... Data people, they can go to work. And in that, it'll likely be a point where maybe the team is sacrificing some early games. You start losing games. Losses pile up. Certain players get unhappy. Players that think they should be playing. Okay, easy. I'll take it easy. I know I'm kind of fretting out a little bit here. And I am playing worst case scenario. But it is more than feasible. Uh, This is something that did catch my eye. And I do think that it could be an issue because if we're going to break down the schedule here, and that's what we're doing, and how it would benefit, how it would detract, how the Celtics team was constructed this past summer, that's kind of what I see. That's just sort of how it looks. I, I do think it's going to be somewhat of an issue. I, Once again, I like to say this almost every week. I hope I'm wrong. It could work out. I hope it does. But, jeez, I, I don't know. Uh, that's an early prediction here on August 16th, the middle of August of 2015, as we get ready for training camp a little over a month away in September. And then the games, preseason, October and end of October are the real fun starts. But at least on my end, my prediction, maybe some possible struggles early, maybe some unhappy campers, but hopefully by December. And I think December 15th is the day Danny Ainge can really start making trades with all the players you signed that summer or other teams sign that summer, you can move on. But just as he did last year, Mr. Range can start shuffling some bodies around, clear out some of the clutter, trim the fat, if you will, a ahem, ahem. And then like last year, the team can come together a bit and make something happen because I can certainly see that. Uh, but that is enough of me, or at least my own personal thoughts. Maybe y'all Although I wouldn't put it past myself, that I'll probably add a few more. But uh, we're going to continue to look at the schedule that was bestowed upon us this past week. Coming up after the break, Kyle Draper, Celtics pre- and post-game host over on Comcast Sports Net New England. The home of televised Boston Celtics basketball. Don't go anywhere. Uh, please. Are you looking to lose weight, burn fat, pack on muscle, or just live a healthier life by sleeping better and worrying less? Well, aren't we all? Unfortunately, we've spent years quibbling over phony studies, fad diets, and dangerous prescription drugs that have prevented us from living our lives to the fullest and have done more harm than good. But thankfully, science has prevailed, and we now know that there is no other way in achieving optimal health than by consuming what nature has to offer us in its purest form Possible. Hi, I'm Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and critically acclaimed author of Fall of the Boston Celtics. And let me tell you about Dr. Ron's Ultra Pure Nutritionals. Dr. Ron's supplements are 100% additive free, and best of all, they work. Dr. Ron's supplements are my personal go-to for anything from post-workout recovery to achieve optimal gains, all the way to stress management. So if you're not getting the results you want from maddening forms of dieting and dealing with adverse side effects from other harmful drugs, remember one thing. As Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And let Dr. Ron's ultra-pure nutritionals be the remedy for you. Available only at www.drrons.com. Okay, welcome back into Celtics Beat. Kyle Draper, he of Comcast Sportsnet New England, is here. Our interview with Kyle is brought to you by DraftKings. The moment you've been waiting for is almost here. Football is just around the corner, and you can start the season by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One week fantasy means no season long commitments. It's like a brand new season every time you play. Just pick your players pile up the points and pick up your cash that is it. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every week. You can get started playing right now. Prepare for the regular season with preseason contests running through August. You've already been scouting players for your season long fantasy team. Put that knowledge to the test every week this football season at DraftKings.com where you can turn your love of football into lifetime of cash. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code New England to play free for a shot at $2 million in the week one millionaire maker. Enter New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Kyle, I am appalled. Clearly the powers that be are continuing their march at dividing and conquering us people, dividing the American family, and the NBA schedule is a small part of that, I guess. I mean one one PM game all year. You gotta be kidding me, right? Hey
0: man, it's a prime time league, you know. You wanna get these guys uh out there so families can watch and everybody can watch and uh I'm okay with it. You know, it's uh that gives me an opportunity to uh, you know, be in the city at night and hear the sights and sounds. So I'm okay. And that means also, Larry, I don't have to wake up super early to get to the T D garden. I could take my time moseying on down there to Causeway and front.
1: Well, you be able to get up earlier if you're not staying there so late when you got seven thirty eight o'clock <laughs> games. Right? I mean, at least, we, we were at least good for four or five of those a year. Now we've only got one, so I'm, I'm a little disappointed with that. That's sort of my one disappointment of the schedule from a personal standpoint. Now we're getting, to, getting into the more of the technical parts of the schedule. And Sean Grandy had an interesting tweet uh, back on Wednesday, probably the most intriguing nugget because this is breaking down a schedule uh, after all. But <laughs> – he let it be known that not only were the Celtics a consideration for Christmas Day, but a home game for Christmas Day. I mean, all the mm. things I would have done to have the Celtics play at noon in Boston on Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, and I can't remember the last time they did have a, a home Christmas game. Might not have even game, been alive. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 64. And so that that would have been nice. Yeah, no,
1: I thought they were good enough to at least get on the schedule uh, because usually they, if I recall... They always tip it off at 12 o'clock, and I'm not going to lie. I just look at the Celtics' schedule, and that's about it. I barely even looked at the Christmas game, so I'm not even sure who the 12 o'clock game is. But I know it's not the Knicks because they were supposed to play. They're usually on Christmas because um, they're a big enough draw, even though they stink, and mm-hmm. they're the Knicks and everything. But I guess that applies to the Lakers. They... Weasel their way back on a Christmas day again. I guess I I said it to Seku Smith on last week's show. I hope for God's sakes they don't become like the Detroit Lions or the Dallas Cowboys, where (laughs) we always get them. I mean, they can be as bad as they can, and they're probably going to be one of the five worst teams in the league this year again. And I guess we got to see them. I guess we don't have to. We don't don't have to
0: watch. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 And last year with the Lakers, I mean, I understand the draw with Kobe, but. When he's injured, there's nobody on that team to watch. And so that goes to show you that Kobe is still a huge draw. And of course, the Lakers, one of the premier franchises in all the sports, but so are the Celtics. And I understand the Celtics don't have any star power right now. But if you look, you know, internationally, nationally, there are Celtics fans in every city. We do the games and I'm amazed at how many Celtics fans show up to road games out there. I'm looking at the Christmas Day schedule. That noon game is New Orleans Pelicans. All right, Anthony. Davis you know one of the bright young stars against the Miami Heat and so you got to wonder I mean the Heat uh, they did improve themselves this offseason but uh, usually you've got the Knicks or at least the Celtics or somebody in that mix and it shows you that both those teams just aren't there yet
1: yeah it's interesting when you mentioned about how the Lakers have the star and everything first off I guess they do they have the star and Kobe they have the name but at this point, going to see Kobe Bryant play basketball is like just going to see Ozzy Osbourne do a concert. I mean, would you do that? I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> um, but, you no, know. Hold on, hold on. Ozzy Osbourne, what about, you know, the Who or something? Right, yeah, that's give Kobe a little you, more credit oh, than well, that. That's than basically than Ozzy geez. What it is. I mean, it's basically, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like going to
1: see Van Halen, you know, just bang around. <laughs> uh, but, but I think fans now are a little more sophisticated than – just oh, I want to go see the name. You have to play an entertaining brand of basketball. I mean, James Harden is as big of a, a name as anybody in the league. But I think watching James Harden play basketball is like watching Iron Rust. You couldn't pay me to watch to do it. I'd rather see a good brand of basketball. I think. The but,
0: way but Larry, I'm sorry, I, I got to disagree. You are in the minority with this. James Harden just got a 200 million dollar deal from Adidas. Obviously James Harden has some sort of appeal. I mean, James Harden and the uh, Rockets are playing San Antonio on Christmas Day. And so I think you, you, you're a basketball purist and, and you're all about what's inside the lines, but the whole sizzle also, there's, you know, there's some sizzle to James Harden's stake also that I think, you know, people like to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I can't, I can't watch his. I mean, just nonsense of just basically, he turns the game into soccer, where it's just constant flopping and just getting to the free throw line and scoring,
0: <laughs> scoring forty points. <laughs> oh, Larry, points by if Doin he wore a Boston Celtics jersey, you would oh, be walking I, around with a James Harden jersey uh, right now. Uh, Come have, on, now, have, let's not go there. I, I
1: have not worn a player's jersey. 20 years, easy, I mean, it could be Jesus Christ playing for the Celtics, but but, uh, I don't think I could watch, I I can't watch him play, I mean, I like to watch Steph Curry, I like to watch many other players, Kevin Durant, Russell Mm -hmm. Westbrook, I don't like, well, I guess Russell Westbrook's another guy who is so predicated on going, say, 20 of 24 from the line, but I think Harden takes it to an extreme, but this is a Celtics show, let's get back to the Celtics, and once again, more of the technical points, of the schedule, there are many things that jumped off. Like if, like I said, from a personal standpoint, i look to see where all the 1 o'clock games are because I thoroughly enjoy going to 1 o'clock games. Uh, I'm really ticked off. There's only one of them this year. But, you know, if you look at it from you know the Celtics and the team standpoint, usually they have a West Coast road trip right after Christmas, right around the new year or right at the new year, uh, and then usually one right after the All-Star break. Now this year... Mm-hmm. They don't go out west until after the All-Star break. Don't even get rolling until a Friday, which I believe is like five or six full days after the All-Star break. And then they got to go out west with like two weeks, a week and a half to go in the season and play a long trip. I think it's like 10, 11 days. Uh, Is that a detriment at all, especially if a team could be making a playoff push? Because we look at the Celtics team as a team that's going to be on the bubble. And to have a West Coast road trip at the end of the season – uh, I mean, is that actually kind of concerns me from a, an observer standpoint who wants to see the Celtics do pretty
0: well. No, no, I, I totally agree. And that's one of the things I, I noticed when I first looked at the schedule. And you're right, usually it's, you know, after the uh, All-Star break, they'll have that nice long one. You know, now it's only a three-game road trip after the All-Star break. But the five-gamer at the end of March, beginning of April, when you play teams like Phoenix, the Clippers, Portland, Golden State, and Lakers, and, and Lakers, you know they'll be bad. Uh, uh, even with Kobe, I don't There's think they'll be. Lost out year. Well, uh, that's true. Though. That's because Jeremy Lin had one of those uh, Lin sanity games against the Celtics. But you look at that schedule when you're fighting for the playoff spot like the Celtics will be doing towards the end of the season. You want those games at home. You, you want those games against conference foes That's A, you can either make ground up or separate yourself. And, and that's one of the things that we saw last season with the Celtics. They finished so strong because they were able to beat the Charlottes, the Indianas, and the Miamis. Those guys head-to-head late in the season, and that propelled them into the postseason. They were able to beat Cleveland at the end of the regular season because Cleveland rested guys. But now you look at this. A team like Phoenix may be battling for that eighth seat. The Clippers may be battling for a number one seat. Portland, who knows what's going to happen with them, and Golden State. I mean, and so those are teams that I can't see them wrestling their players. That's that's two weeks before the season ends. And so that could be a, a tough stretch for the Celtics as they try to make the playoffs again this year.
1: Yeah, and I just don't like where it comes on the schedule because, if anything, that's beneficial about West Coast road trips. And I personally thought last year's team really turned things around. When they went on that second West Coast road trip and they won back-to-back games in Portland and Denver, you could see sort of something they gained a lot chemistry-wise. You're really not you know, trying to work on team chemistry by the end of mm-hmm. March, beginning of April. You, you, you <laughs> need to know pretty much where you're going at that point of the season. Ideally, you like to have, if you're going to have a West Coast road trip, far earlier in the season. So yes, of course, you can have those bonding and those chemistry moments. But it, it's just, I think, a tremendous inconvenience. I mean, usually at that point of the season, teams are, players are pretty worn down, and to just throw a... 10-11 day West Coast road trip right at them, right before the postseason. I mean, I, I, I want to say it kind of ticks me off, but it's I don't think it's going to help that team one iota. I think that's probably the biggest detriment of the schedule.
0: Yeah, I think so. But I will say, you know, right before that, right after the All-Star break, I, I think it is, that little short three-game road trip, uh, starting February 25th, They go about a month or so, or at least three and a half, four weeks where they only have two road games. And so that's good. If you're the Celtics, I mean, you may, hopefully you can build up some wins and bank up some wins. And the thing is too, you mentioned that road trip after the all-star break last year, you had some new guys coming into the team too. And so they were able to bond pretty quickly by going out on the road, you know, Isaiah Thomas joining the team. And so you, you had some new guys on that roster this year, you don't have that long road trip, although you do have the three-gamer to, to, to uh, try and bond. But uh, I'm worried about that end-of-March trip just because, like we talked about, the Celtics will be fighting for a playoff spot. They'll be in the mix, I think, You know, with the Indianas and, and those kind of teams. And you want to be playing your best basketball right there. And going out west doesn't lend itself to doing that.
1: Yeah, you're definitely going to return to jet lag. And I I thought it was interesting. There was a good word that you mentioned there earlier when you talked about a phrase even, putting wins in the bank. That's sort of the antithesis of what they did last year. Last year they had uh, a far heavier schedule late. They had a lot of back-to-backs later in the year, and we all remember them going on that huge one, running all those back-to-backs. This year, their schedule is far heavier earlier. They're playing a lot of games, uh, you know, basically November, December, even January. There's a lot of games on the schedule, so it's pretty much the complete opposite of last year. I think that is a little risky in itself because we're talking about putting wins in the bank, but once again, there was another big turnover on the roster. It's going to take a little bit of time to gel. You'd like Mm -hmm. to have a little more practice time, but it looks like there's not going to be much practice time because they're pretty much playing games every other day with plenty of back-to-backs in between.
0: Well, the good thing is though, you, you, you would hope that the roster is pretty much set this year. You don't, you don't expect as much turnover, uh, early in the season in November and December and January like we saw last year. You got a full training camp now with an Isaiah Thomas a David Lee Johnson. And so I think the Celtics that we saw last year that started off slowly and then finally caught their wind, uh, during the All-Star break at the All-Star break. We won't see that this year. I think this year they're primed to start off the season a whole lot better than they did a year ago just because they'll have a core group that has undergone a training camp with Brad Stevens, and so you won't be shuffling guys in and out of the roster like we saw last year.
1: Yeah, that's true, and I I, I agree with that to an extent, although I think they are sort of in a similar predicament of, of what they were in last year in the sense that I really don't see a rotation on this team quite yet, and I thought that was issue early on last year was sort of just like 12 guys and it was like Brad here you go you know handle this and once they sort of started you know trimming the edges and shedding things down that's when they sort of went on a you know a move uh, and that's sort of what the case is this year this year there are a little more established guys guys with at least you know mainstay but I mean there's a lot of positions like we don't even know who's going to be the starting power forward I mean we've never I've I've gotten so much flack on this show for not talking about David Lee, and he very well could be the starting power forward or starting center or whatnot. We don't even know who's going to be the starting center. So I, I still think that there is going to be – I mean, there needs to be you know some time for at least to see what this team has, guys to win positions on that roster. But I don't think it's going to be there if they're playing all these games the first
0: half of the season. But Larry, you're forgetting—they got training camp. If I'm Brad Stevens, I'm not worried about you know guys trying to show me what they can do. During the regular season, I want guys to show me in practice every day during training camp during the preseason. I want to go into game one knowing, all right, David Lee, you're going to be here. Amir Johnson, you're going to be here. Jared Sellinger, you're going to be here. And so let's be honest. Do we really think Kelly Olynyk is going to get more playing time than let's say it's David Lee or an Amir Johnson? No, so we know their two best front court players in my eyes are Amir and David Lee, and so I wouldn't mind a starting lineup with those two guys. Now I will say the position that we still don't know about is that small forward position. Do you go Evan Turner? Do you go Jay Crowder? And so I think that one's up to grabs. But if you're talking about you know a guy that who Brad Stevens may start, uh, you know, come game one, I would think David Lee has the inside track, and Amir Johnson does as well. Because here's the thing about David Lee. It's one thing to be sitting on the bench for the Golden State Warriors, you know, a championship caliber team. But to come here during a contract year and to come off the bench for a Celtics team that's, you know, battling, hoping to make the playoffs, I don't know how well that would sit with David Lee on the inside. And so I think David Lee is definitely one of your starters going forward.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, you mentioned about how, you know, I like to see, you know, whatever come out of training camp, but it doesn't work that way. I mean, guys can now play certain players in games and people get supplanted for roster spots. But actually that is, we're definitely going to shift topics. I do want to touch back on the schedule, but that's actually a little something that's interesting to watch. You mentioned David Lee being in a contract year, being the 10th man on Golden State last year, a complete non-factor on that team. And now he's, once again, you're right on a fringe playoff team in the East. And then Jared Sullinger is, in a contract year himself, pretty much playing for maybe the only big contract he could possibly get in his life. So you're going to have that. And Amir Johnson is actually technically in a contract year and mm-hmm. that he doesn't have a guaranteed contract for next season. You've got three players who are all established in one way or another or in their minds they think they're established. And I think that's all that matters in their minds, not ours, because they're, that's the, it's their egos. Do you think that that sort of uh, competition for that matter was a good thing or could that create some chemistry issues on the team?
0: No, I think that's a great thing. And I think that's what Danny Ainge wants. Not only that, rock roster flexibility going into next off season, but now you got guys that are hungry, and and that's one thing we've seen with the Celtics team over the last you know year or so. They want guys that are hungry, that have something to prove, that have a chip on their shoulder. And so with David Lee, he's out to prove you know he's deserving of a, a big uh, long term extension from somebody. You know Amir Johnson, same thing. That's why he took the deal with, with the Celtics. You know that's you know good money for him on his first year, but there's no guarantees for next year, but he's going to try to play into a bigger contract. And so same thing with Jared Sellinger, you know, this is a huge year for him. And so I think the Celtics, they like guys who have something to prove. They they like those short-term guys that are coming in, you know, out to prove the league wrong. And so while it could, you know, create some sort of issues, I think the issue where it could create a, a problem is, let's say as Jared Sellinger is riding a pine, will he be happy? I mean, will his minutes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes per game, will he be happy with that? And so that's, that's, that's what, you know, the concern I have. A guy like Kelly Olynyk, you know, he may not be happy, but I don't think he'll voice it. You know, Jared Sullinger, you wonder, hey, will he uh, pout if he's not in the game a whole lot? And so that's the only issue I think that could be created. But the competition is good, Larry. Come on, you don't want guys, especially these guys who, you know, aren't the LeBrons and KDs of the world who just think, you know, they can just show up and, and turn it on. And so. So I think competition is good.
1: Yeah, I'm I. I I beg to differ with you on that. I just think, I mean, competition is good, but when you just sort of have all guys almost vying for basically what amounts to one spot, I think it's risky in its own right. It's, it can be good, like on paper, but all it takes is one three-game losing streak, one guy to complain. But
0: hold to the on, paper, Larry. Isn't... Didn't we have that last year? Didn't we have that last year with Brandon Bass, with Sullinger, with Zeller, and, and that, that front Bass court never seen,
1: Bass is a professional. He never said anything in papers. Two years ago, Courtney Lee was playing great. But then, once again, all it, the team was playing pretty well as well. And Courtney Lee goes to the papers and complains and says, I'm not
0: playing enough. And they and they, they got him out of town, right? Remember, Gerald Wallace complained early on, too, last season. And then they, they nipped that in the bud, and, and he's he was, you know, a model citizen after that. And so I just think, you know, with this Celtics team, last year you had 11, 12, 13 guys who all felt they should be playing. And it wound up okay. I think that's the beauty of Brad Stevens. You it's know, he, he, it, it did. But then they they got rid of the malcontents, the Jeff Greens, the Rondos, the Courtney Lees, you know, those guys. And so I just think, you know, with this team, you're, there is no clear-cut guy. Of course you want a LeBron or a Durant or somebody like that. You want established stars on this team. But the Celtics, you can't just... Pick them off the tree and say, all right, come here, LeBron, we want you. No, you know, this is the fallback plan for the Celtics. And so I would rather have 10, 11, 12 guys than, you know, a, a bunch of overpaid divas who aren't any good.
1: Well, basically then what you're saying is when you mentioned they got rid of the malcontents and that it's certainly a possibility this year, one of those or even two of those guys might not make January or February if that's possible.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Ainge made some sort of move. That's the thing about Ainge. He's not afraid to pull a deal. Larry, you've seen it. Every year, the last few years, he's made some sort of midseason deal. And we're not just talking trade deadline. I mean, he's traded guys in December, you know, before even the trade deadline is even close, in January. And so he's always looking to make some moves. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the log jam at some of these positions, the guard position. I mean, who's going to be odd man out? Will Evan Turner? Uh, beating odd man out and sitting on the pine. And so there may be some unhappy guys, and I'm sure Danny Ainge will uh, look to trade those guys if it'll help the team.
1: Yeah, Turner, is, I think he seems to be, you hear his name a lot when people are discussing the Celtics at this time of year. They're looking for something to talk about. Obviously, the really one situation is the roster situation or the schedule. Let's get back to the schedule because it's like this for me is finally it's here. I mean, this is sort of the, the, really one of the biggest things I look forward to in the summer because it gives us our first real glimpse to talk about the season coming up. One game on the schedule that I really can't wait for. It's the 1 p.m. game because I can't wait to, to be at the game, and it's actually Rajon Rondo. Last time we had you on the show, I right, infamously said I believe he'll be out of the NBA in three years because I don't think that he has the body to keep up with it, and if he doesn't have the body and that athleticism, his game is not going to adapt well, and he could sort of you know, fall off quickly. Obviously, I stand by that prediction. How about this? Does he even make Super Bowl Sunday in a Kings uniform in
0: Boston? <laughs> you know what? That's that's going to be tough because it'd be different if he was, you know, paired with a coach who, you know, isn't uh, stubborn and hard knows. We know George Carl, butt heads with players all the time, and that's why I thought the Rick Carlisle situation was weird. I mean, you know, I, as a talent, I still like Lando's talent, but. Dallas was not the right situation for him. They didn't need a ball-dominant point guard. And so now I wonder in Sacramento, where Rondo is going to want to run the show, George Carl is going to want to do things his way, well, those two guys butt heads, and so to me, that's what I'm more concerned about. Rajon Rondo, his inability to get along with head coaches, and so I, I think that could be a detriment. Not necessarily his skill level. I mean, there's a lot of guys without skill that are still in this league. I mean, think about it. Jeremy Lin just got a, a nice deal in Charlotte, and and Jeremy Lin's no, you know, no, no All Star anything like that. And so I think Rondo is still a capable point guard, maybe not an All Star point guard. I'm not saying that, but I think it's. It, crucial for him to be with the right coach, and I don't think George Carl is. But if you're Rajon Rondo, let's say wearing his shoes, this is one of your last chances. You're trying to get a big payday next season. You would think he would go to Sacramento and be on his best behavior. You would think, right?
1: Yeah, we can't. Well, we get, thought we, that we, in there's, Dallas There's too, enough, and there's enough, <laughs> yeah. You would think last year in Dallas, exactly.
0: Yeah, 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 you're right. And so that's what I'm concerned about, that the, the stubborn Rondo uh, may, may force his way out of Dallas.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to be an issue in itself with Carl, but I stand by the statement in the sense that with his declining athleticism, his game's predicated so much on being able to beat his man off the dribble. If he doesn't have that, he can't shoot. So that, I mean, it's there's going to be a, a point where I think he's going to be almost useless. And that's why I believe in, you know, three short years, now we can even call it two. I don't think you'll see him in the league. And that's almost not a prediction, it's like a proclamation. And wow. another, thing, another thing I feel really confident in is. Jared Sullinger, we were just discussing him. You know, all summer there's almost been a borderline Mao Zedong propaganda campaign with him, just posting pictures of everywhere, like our fearless leader Jared Sullinger. It's coming from John Lucas's camp. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he's getting in shape. I, I'm not really impressed with some of the pictures that I've seen. I think I've, I've almost chuckled at some of them. Um, but because he is, I mean, in better shape than he was obviously last year – I see him getting off to a good start, but because I think he's with the wrong person in John Lucas. I mean, John Lucas is a guy giving you perth- personal health advice, I think, is a joke in itself. I wouldn't trust John Lucas. <laughs> I wouldn't trust John Lucas to lick a stamp. Um, but, I mean, I think that's a joke in itself. I, I could easily see him. You know, he's working hard this summer. There's no question about it. I think he's working hard. He's getting terrible advice. He's probably losing you know, a, a good a good amount of weight, but because he's not getting the right advice, he's just going to be right back to where he was. So I see him getting off to a very good start. But once again, when you have the stress of all these games, which he doesn't have now, of course, he's not playing any basketball games or NBA games for that matter, he's probably just going to fall right back to where he was. I mean, am I, I – I, I'm, t- I'm actually just telling you that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not I think I'm telling you that is what is going to happen.
0: This is not even your this isn't even your crystal ball. This is like you know the a fact that you're stating right here. But Jared Sullinger is no different than a lot of people, you know, in society right now. You know, it's a lifestyle change he has to make. Anybody can go out there and lose 20 pounds if you work hard at it. But what happens when you're by yourself on the road out there in Sacramento or in Portland or something like that, and it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night and you're hungry and you want to order room service, that kind of thing. And so really it's a lifestyle change for Jared Sullinger. And so the pictures look great. You know, that's all fine and dandy. But talk to me in December and January. You know, because remember last year, Larry. There was all this talk about, players, oh, yeah, Sellinger looks so much better. He looks so much better now. You know, and then once the season actually started, and, and, and then Danny Angel and them put him on the shelf and came out with all these stories. It's it's the same thing. And so, it's a good story now. You know, all right, But I'll believe it when I see it during the season. That's how I feel.
1: I think it's an okay story now. Like I said, I mean, he, like he looks. I don't think he looks great. That is not the word I'll use him. I mean, that the, the little picture of him doing that goofy. Eating, <laughs> just, I don't know what <laughs> no, in the world that
0: was. Great is relative. Yeah, that's was, that's <laughs> relative.
1: That, but, but I just think that uh, he just, it looks like he's probably just starving himself now and then working hard like crazy. But <laughs> he can handle that only for so long. Once you start playing right. all these games, five games and a seven-game night, I mean, <laughs> and you're on the road and you're, you know, uh, you know not. You know, just making intelligent decisions, there's just no chance. I think he's going to eat right back, just as what he did last season. He'll get off to a good start. You'll pro- It'll be like Vin Baker in 04 when he got off to that great start. Mm. But once you, you know, have yeah. the stress of playing all these games and everything, you're not sleeping, you're not on a schedule. I mean, now he can schedule his day every single day. You can't schedule when you're playing basketball games. But, okay, we know you're a little short on time. It was a day for schedule. I did definitely want to get that Selinger thing in because I've been talking about it almost every week, even though it kind of ticks off our audience. Definitely special <laughs> no talk. perfect way to get you out of here. You are the host of Celtics pre- and post-game live, and I believe this year the Celtics are on seven national TV games, but every single game is on Comcast Sportsnet New England, correct?
0: Yeah, except two. There are two uh, TNT-exclusive games, uh, the Tuesday, I think, against Atlanta, and then the Thursday against Chicago. But you can always watch the Celtics on CSNNE.com, also with our live app. Oh, okay. and the But –
1: and the pre- and post-game, of course. That goes without saying. Mr. Oh, yeah,
0: Holmes. of course. That's, yeah, that's what you want to tune in. That's when, and I'll be with Brian Scalabrini a lot this year, so I'll, uh, him and I will butt head, uh, I'm pretty sure, on a lot of things.
1: Give me three games you're most looking forward to on Comcast Sports 10. Forget the other game.
0: Well, I mean, Cleveland, of course. I mean, I want to see LeBron James. I'm a big LeBron guy. I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that game, December 15th. And it'll be the return of uh, Kevin Love if he's back and and ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see Kevin Love uh, and and how he feels. Also, I'm looking forward to the game right before the All-Star break, February 10th. Doc Rivers and Paul Pierce coming back to town. The Clippers coming to the TD Garden. So I'm looking forward to that one. And I'm also looking forward to either Oklahoma City game, let's let's say November 15th early on, let's see if Kevin Durant, because this is an important season for Oklahoma City. This is like, you've got to show me something if you're Kevin Durant and, and, and you want to re-sign an OKC. they they got to make a deep playoff run, and so th- those three games I'm looking mostly uh, towards San. Of course, Sacramento, too. I, look, I, I actually like the moves that Sacramento made, Larry. I know I'm probably in the minority, but I like some of the moves they made, and, and we'll see of Rondo uh, can prove that he is deserving of a long-term contract somewhere.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to Sacramento. It's, like I said, it's the only friggin' game at one. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I love that game. <laughs> but actually, too, you mentioned uh, Kevin Durant coming to Boston with Oklahoma City. How many times has Durant played in Boston like the last five?
0: Years? I know. I been, like, We're that time.
1: He's either hurt, they're arresting him, or it's – so I, I to... you, you never know. You, you could – let's see, last year he was hurt, the year before he was hurt. Uh, the year before, they rested him at the end of the year. Yeah, they rested him. he was here. There was a game Westbrook had a couple three-pointers late in Perkins' return. I can't remember if he played in that game. I want to say no. And then there was one game, like a Friday night, when the Celtics had Shaq and everything, they they sat him down. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's
0: – So Celtics been, fans need to see this guy in person this year, I think. Do,
1: but unfortunately that's not
0: our decision. There it
1: is Exactly. But uh, that's a good way to get you out of here on that. Kyle Draper, host of Celtics pre- and post-game live and a many personality as well over on Comcast Sports Sportsnet New England. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleDraperTV. Kyle, thanks so much for stopping by the show once again.
0: All right, Larry. Thanks
1: for having me, man. Our pleasure. Thanks for stopping by, Kyle. Great chat. Good talk. Good debate. Got around everywhere. Touched on everything we wanted to. I know the audience is pushing – me hard for David Lee talk because we really haven't discussed them the way other people have or other people want certain discussions to go about and I guess I kinda led there but I'm not gonna lie I Tease it a bit by bringing him up because, once again, I actually disagreed with my guests on how the competition that people expect from this this Celtics and this roster amongst players on the roster is good. I don't think it is good in this situation when the roster looks like it's one big splat and you have so many guys that can do the same thing to a certain degree. I just don't like it. I've gone on endless uh, prior shows regarding that. And David Lee... I want to see a little bit training camp preseason before I get as excited as many people other are. He was, after all, the tenth man on a team last year. I know it was oh well, you know he just fell out of rotation. Yada yada yada. You know, 10th man in the NBA is still a 10th man in the NBA, but he could definitely have a renaissance. There's no question about it. I just want to see what's going to happen in training camp because right now, at the end of the day, he's a guy who's on the wrong side of 30. So I just need to see a little evidence before I can really make any judgments on him having an impact on the 2016 Boston Celtics. And speaking of players having an impact on the 16 Boston Celtics, Jared Sullinger, we will stray there because once again, I like to adhere to the audience as much as possible. And I catch a lot of grief from you guys, particularly on social media. Anytime I bring him up because I tend to drift to a subject that really doesn't resonate well with people. But come on, you have to admit that that gigolo picture of him is the unintentional comedy picture of the year uh, anywhere, let alone social media. And I am on record right now in all seriousness. I am on record and it looks like i got Kyle on board or that's really how he feels anyways. But I think Jared Sullinger will fade faster than the 1978 Boston Red Sox or the 2011 Red Sox for our younger listeners because he's going real hard at it right now. But when that pressure adds up, when he's got to play basketball games, when he's you know, using far more cardiovascular activities with all these games, we'll see if he's able to do what he's doing now into the season. In fact, it's doubtful. I think he's, just, he's going to start out great. Hopefully Boston cashes in right away on him, as I mentioned a little earlier, and they move on because that is how it's just going to be. I see a good start from Soldier. He is going to come in good shape. He has a tremendous amount of physical ability, or more importantly, basketball skills as is, and with him probably being in the better shape that he is, he'll get off to a good start, but it ain't going to last because he doesn't eat 100% grass-fed beef, my favorite part of the show, around the NBA in five brought to you by AmericanFarmersNetwork.com. A consumer should know where their food comes from and the standards that should be adhered to. In American Farmers Network's meats are produced by the network of small family farmers who are committed to the most natural and compassionate approach to ranching. Their production standards go above and beyond even USDA regulations and all of their certified organic beef is, as I said, 100% grass-fed from poultry to pork and, of course, beef. AFN's family ranchers are committed to providing you and your family with the healthiest, most nutritious meat so you can live the healthy lifestyle in which you have a right to. So what are you waiting for? Log on to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com and eat and live healthy today. Special NBA schedule edition of Around the NBA and five Lakers. 19 national television games, including Christmas Day. Are you freaking kidding me? Seriously? Okay, once again, I know the Lakers have a tremendous fan base, but only the diehard of the diehards. And we know the Lakers fan base is not 100% made up of diehards, not even close is going to put themselves through watching a piss-poor basketball team. And that is what the Los Angeles Lakers will be in 2016. They will once again be one of the five worst teams in the NBA, I repeat. What I said, going to see Kobe at this point of his career is pretty much the equivalent of seeing Ozzy Osbourne cough his way through a show. Van Halen bang away with a racket. It's nothing more than seeing these guys for the sake of, oh, I went to see an Ozzy Osbourne concert once. Yeah, I saw Kobe Bryant play basketball once, but we've seen Kobe enough over the last 20 years, and he's far from riveting nowadays. And there's no guarantee he will even play. And even if he does, I mean, L.A., I don't want to use this word because it's kind of basic. It's kind of what, you know, fans, but the Lakers suck. They suck. They're poorly coached. Their roster is once again stacked with taller players who cannot stretch the floor, which is death in this day and age. No one on the roster can shoot. They're ro- I mean, it's a complete mess. No one is worth my time. Uh, they are what they are. It's a lousy basketball team. They are three to four notches below, say, a team like the Phoenix Suns. Now, how would you feel about watching the Phoenix Suns play basketball 19 times? How would you feel about the New York Knicks? That's where the Lakers are. How would you feel about watching the Knicks nineteen times? Exactly. I said earlier that watching James Harden, brand of basketball, that's like watching Iron Rust the Lakers. Watching them, especially in the dog days, when the team will likely be just going through the motions in February and March. That's gonna be like the equivalent of getting waterboarded. Last year the networks ended up removing them, particularly ESPN, as they believe they aren't as locked in. So let's hope that's the case this year and they don't get and they do get dropped. Like a bad habit because NBA fans, more importantly, casual sports fans who the NBA can continue to win over should not be exposed to that monstrosity. Oh, the opener, the real opener, uh, which is the second half of the doubleheader, Golden State unveiling the banner against New Orleans. Also, as Kyle mentioned earlier, New Orleans is battling leadoff on Christmas Day. I did not know that until he reminded me and I ended up checking the schedule for myself. I like it. I think New Orleans is going to be get better. As Anthony Davis, as scary as he'll get better. Uh, not ready to make a leap as a team, especially since they play in the West and really didn't make any real pivotal additions. But Anthony Davis for money. I think he's the best player in the NBA. I would actually take him over LeBron, especially, I mean, that's arguable. But I don't think it is arguable if you want to play the, you know, draft a player, if you can have for the next five, ten years. I think that is 100%. I would certainly... I'm, taking Anthony Davis over anybody there. And I, I mean, he's great to watch play. I certainly find him to be far more watchable than that flopping soccer player, James Harden. If for no other reason, just watching him just fill up his statue is staggering and how he does it. And of course, moving on, Golden State, speaking of watchable, arguably the best NBA champion in this post-Jordan era and certainly the most enjoyable team in this post-Jordan era for my money. That's a good choice there. And a real good choice is the marquee 5 p.m. game on Christmas Day against Cleveland. The rematch, really the only choice in my opinion. The NBA said last week with Sekou Smith, they lack rivalries. There really isn't a Bears-Packers-Red Sox-Yankees game they can just go to. So just picking the two best teams. Very possible to meet in the NBA Finals once again. I mean, we know Cleveland's going to be there. The West is obviously a dogfight as it is every year. Have them headline the day because the rest of the day, I actually don't think it does much for me. I mean, yes, we have Anthony Davis at noon in Miami. Uh, okay. Uh, but other than that, I don't find it to be all that great. Bulls, Thunder, Spurs, Rockets. I mean, they're good matchups on paper. They're really good for the diehard NBA fans. Very good teams. But there's really no zazz there. There's, and that's really my gripe with the NBA. My really only gripe, there's no electricity for these regular season matchups. No animosity between any these teams, any two teams. No history between the team and these players. Uh, so where you feel like you're watching a game that matters. That's what was great about that reawakened Celtics-Lakers rivalry. And, God, we speak of it now like it's ancient history. But 2009, Christmas Day, Celtics at Lakers. Will we ever get a war, a game that literally felt like a playoff game and a regular season game, let alone Christmas Day like that? Again, I doubt it, especially where the NBA is going and especially how relevant. They're making the schedule. But that's why the rest of that day kind of falls flat for me, Christmas Day uh, 15. It's really going to, I'll check it out. It's good to check out, but there's really nothing where it's like, okay, clear the day, everybody. We've got to make sure we're watching this game and that game and even that game. Uh, You know, clear the couch. I just don't see that, uh, you know, the same way it's sort of, I schedule my day for dinner and lunch and breakfast at meal two and meal four or whenever I have my. Steak and eggs on my plate, courtesy of American Farmers com. The best, freshest, and healthiest steak I've ever eaten. And of course, great sponsor of this show and of Around the NBA in Five. That's going to do it. American Farmers com. Now, check it out. 100% grass fed and certified organic beef raised on small family farms, producing big benefits. American Farmers com. American Farmers com. I know that's where I'm going right now. In fact, I've got a steak in the oven on warm, buttery ribeye. Going to fry up some eggs to go with it because that's going to do it for this week's edition of Celtics Beat. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock, Chuck Dietz, Hyde 209, Ostravex, and Steph Legretto. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our title handle is Celtics underscore beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on CLMS Radio on Facebook at facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. To keep up with the show, also check us out on Google Plus, Celtics Beat on CLNS. Love to thank our guest, Kyle Draper. Welcome back. Comcast Sportsnet New England. As well as our sponsors, Audible, Casper, Tick IQ, Dr. Rons, and American Farmers Network for making this all possible. For our staff writer... Eddie Santiago, Program Director, Nick Gelso, and myself, the Executive Producer and Host of Celtics Beat. I am Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday with another edition of Celtic Beat, heard exclusively on CNS Radio.